Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's Friday, July 7th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. A wonderful holiday week to everybody. As I've mentioned throughout this week, the right report will be full of great information as always, but in recognition of the holiday week, a little bit shorter than normal, but not to worry. We'll dive into these stories with more information and analysis next week. So let's start today with some domestic news. Folks, cocaine in the White House. It is a story that keeps getting more bizarre and more suspicious, but let's talk about it. To refresh our memories, someone left a bag of cocaine in a cubbyhole or a locker in the West Wing of the White House. As CNN is reporting, these lockers are where visitors and staff place their phones and other electronic devices prior to entering what is known as a skiff. That is a protected vault where classified materials are handled. Well, the Secret Service is investigating who left behind this, shall we say, naughty bag. They are looking at visitor logs, staff members who swiped their badges, plus security camera footage. But here's the curious part. CNN is reporting that the Secret Service will conclude its investigation next week, regardless of whether a suspect has been identified. And that is incredibly strange. And let's talk about that, pivoting from facts and data to opinion and analysis. And let's start with what should be obvious, folks. There was a breach of security. Nobody should have been able to bring in a baggie of drugs of any kind, or shall I say that differently? No one should have been able to bring in a bag of powdery substances of any kind into the White House. And that's because that powder could have been a biological agent or an explosive or any host of strange or bad things. And that is why there are security measures in place to prevent it, including things like dogs and physical pat-downs. So how is it that those security measures failed? Or perhaps they didn't. And that's because some people do get to bypass those security procedures, including members of the first family and those of the vice president. But regardless, something went wrong. And politics aside, we ought to get to the bottom of it. And to just help us frame why that is true, let's imagine that this were in the weeks or in the months after the September 11th attacks, right? This bag of cocaine would be major news, not just because somebody is clearly you know, snorting this stuff at the White House. No, rather, it would be a national security nightmare. So that is why this story is relevant, folks, and very important. And that's why sweeping this under the rug In other words, to end the investigation next week, regardless of whether the Secret Service identifies a suspect, that is absolutely unacceptable and frankly, deeply suspicious. With that, let's talk next about dirty green energy. 
Residents of San Diego have paid tens of millions of dollars to install an industrial battery facility that just came online yesterday. According to the Times of San Diego, this new state-of-the-art uh, facility will soak up solar power during the day and then distribute it at night. Except there is one problem. The multi-million dollar project will only store enough electricity for about four hours of use. Which, of course, means that once the sun goes down around 8 p.m. this time of year in San Diego, those batteries will only be able to produce until midnight. So from that point until about 6 a.m. when the sun comes up, users in San Diego, uh, in San Diego rather, are going to need a backup supply of energy. That is, if they would like some electricity. Well, in this case, uh, in San Diego, the local utility relies on natural gas. So... Thinking about those facts and data this morning, let me give you my quick analysis. Folks, whenever you hear about solar and wind projects, we should always be thinking about and asking about the batteries. Because as this case shows us in San Diego, even if these wind and solar farms have batteries, there aren't enough with enough capacity to last throughout the night. And that means that these utilities are going to need backups like natural gas and coal or nuclear or y'all are going to need to buy some gas power generators. So keep that in mind the next time that somebody says, hey, we got to go green. All right, pivoting now to international news. China's top diplomat is calling on Asian countries and Asian people in general to unite and join China as part of a new race-based alliance, presumably against the United States and the West. So here is that well, amazing story, frankly, as reported by ABC and Fox News. On Monday, China's most senior diplomat, a fellow named Mr. Wang Yi, was speaking with Japanese and South Korean audiences when he was asked about why Asian countries should stick together in global affairs and possibly join China as they push back against the West. And here is what Mr. Wang had to say about that. Quote, it doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen, how much you dye your hair blonde or how sharp you make your nose. You will never become Europeans or Americans. You will never become Westerners, end quote. He went on to say that, quote, one needs to know where one's roots are. China, Japan, Korea, if we can join hands and cooperate, it would not only suit the interests of our three countries, but also the wishes of our peoples. And together, we can prosper, end quote. Well, that remark brought some pretty quick condemnation from Western governments as being racist and out of touch. But the, uh, the Reds in Beijing, well, they defended their Mr. Wang yesterday, quote, we don't agree with the criticisms at all. End quote. Well, my goodness, what exactly is this all about? What's the goal here by China? Well, let me answer that by pivoting from facts and data to my analysis based on my years of working against this target. And let's actually step back for a moment. Asian societies, generally speaking, tend to be pretty insular. In Japan, for uh, example, they have very strict immigration policies and rarely take people like refugees or asylum seekers. For instance, in the year 2019, Japan accepted less than 1% of those folks applying for either refugee or asylum status. That's according to the Japan Times. Meanwhile, in China, that sentiment is largely the same, although in their case, they don't want outsiders upsetting their social stability and order. In fact, an organization called the Lowy Institute out of Australia has some really good data on this. But 
there's something else going on here, right? Communist officials are playing off what we could fairly call racist beliefs. Now, if you do some research on this, you know, China being a racist society, you will see mountains of stories and data on this. But let me just tell you one recent one. So last summer, a Chinese man in the African country of Malawi was deported from that country after he paid and filmed local children to dress up in traditional African tribal garb and chant phrases in Mandarin that they were monsters, that their IQs were low, that they were criminals and other racist tropes. Well, the Chinese man would then resell these videos to a Chinese website for about 70 bucks a pop, and they were wildly popular back in China. And that's because citizens would go on these websites and watch them for a laugh. The point is that Mr. Wang, again, the, the senior Chinese diplomat here, he's playing some tribal politics of his own, and he's got three key goals. First, he's angling to shore up his internal Chinese audience, reminding them that they are superior. Second, he's making the case to other Asian folks, especially uh, those in Japan and South Korea, that they will never belong in Western societies, nor frankly, would they ever want to. Third, what he's doing is by firing up this sort of regional, ethnic, tribal pride, he's trying to cobble together an Asian coalition against what he is branding as sort of the, the evil hordes abroad. Now, history has shown us folks that that kind of stuff can be wildly effective and incredibly deadly. Will that be true in this case? I doubt it, actually. There are too many Asian cultures and people who strongly dislike and frankly hate the Chinese, especially amongst the South Koreans and Japanese. Still, I think it is very notable that China's top diplomat is taking this very undiplomatic approach to building an international coalition. And it's not an accident. Right? It shows how far Beijing will go to win their war and conflict with the West and other Western powers. Finally, this morning, let's end on some good news of sorts. So I reported you all on Wednesday that both Ukrainian and Russian government officials were talking about an attack on a Ukrainian nuclear power plant. In fact, both sides were insisting that an attack would be coming by the end of that day. Well, it didn't happen, thankfully. In fact, the whole thing just sort of blew over in the most quiet and bizarre of ways. And to the point, Ukraine's military spy chief was asked yesterday for the latest on what two days ago he said was an assured Russian attack. And he said this, quote, Sorry, I can't tell you what happened recently, but the fact is that the threat is decreasing, end quote. Well, journalists then pressed him for details. He refused, although he did say that the threat wasn't gone, that the Russians could actually attack that nuclear facility at any time. But as ever, he offered no additional details or proof. But not to worry, I'm going to be looking for those details and proof, asking my friends about this one, because it smells very weird to me. And I think there is a very interesting story to tell about this, and I look forward to bringing it to you soonest. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every 
good spy, and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.